This is a pretty long question from Internet Rules about whether men and women can be friends. He quotes from a Charles II podcast, number 88, where Two says, If you like a member of the sex you're romantically attracted to enough to be friends, then you will develop feelings for that person. And then you will be in a situation in which you can manifest those feelings more fully, and they are requited, in which case you will become more than friends. Or you will be in a situation in which it's not possible to manifest those feelings, or they're unrequited, in which case being friends is a bad idea and will be a painful, unpleasant experience. Now, this principle doesn't apply in the context of people you wouldn't be in a romantic relationship with, for whatever reason, the most obvious reason here would be an age difference. But within the context of people with whom you could conceivably be in a romantic relationship, I don't believe in friendships. I'm not saying you can't be acquaintances or have a professional relationship or be polite to this person or never cross paths with her. But when I talk about friendship, I'm talking about hanging out. Hanging out with a member of the opposite sex with whom you could be in a relationship, but for the fact that one of you isn't into it or is already taken by someone else is a bad idea and I disapprove with it. So don't be friends with girls. So Internet Rules was asking about that quote. And he says, that seemed dumb because you can be friends with someone on text even if you can't see or hear them, so why not in person? Maybe that doesn't count as hanging out, but hanging out seems really vague. Does that mean you can't play online video games with girls? Would that count as hanging out? My guess is that two would think playing online video games with girls is okay, but that you should be careful about it becoming a long-term thing. Like most people you play online games with, you don't know them very well, you just play one game with them. But there are some times that you get to know someone better and you play multiple games with them over a period of multiple years. And those kinds of things sometimes result in meeting up in person eventually. Um, and it becoming more of like a, a real friendship instead of something that people wouldn't really count as a real friendship. So if it gets more like that, then it could get into the territory that uh, two would object to. But what I mostly wanted to talk about is some bigger picture things. So can men and women be friends is a question where there's two big, broad cultural perspectives on it that I want to talk about. There's the radical perspective, which is like, if a problem comes up, we'll use our brains and we'll solve it. It shouldn't be that hard. We're smart and rational. And if we find a, an area where we're dumb or not rational, we'll just do problem solving and get better at it until we can deal with it good. So they're not very respectful of this kind of problem. And in my opinion, are generally kind of naive and ignorant. And I think that, that it's, a not, it's a bad attitude. I don't think you should think that way. It's pretty common with people who think they're smart, who want to be intellectuals. It's far more common on the left wing than the right wing. And just people who think they're intellectuals are more common on the left. And I like intellectuals, but I think most people who think they're intellectuals like aren't really. I think it's a lot more common to pretend you're an intellectual than to actually be an intellectual. Like, 
you know, thousands and thousands to one kind of ratio of fake to real intellectuals. Okay, and so the second broad perspective, which is what two's comments fall into, we could call conservative. Um, and this perspective involves more understanding what the world is like, what our culture is like, what society is like, what people are like, what problems happen in people's lives, um, what's common, what's normal, what's typical, what's conventional, and accepting that that's the world we live in, that's what people are like, that's how things work. And um, knowing something about how things work and accepting that as reality. And so instead of saying, we're going to change reality with our brilliance or just by not being biased or with whatever other method, the conservative attitude is more, we're going to accept reality and deal with it. So in reality, all these problems come up when girls and guys try to be friends. So the thing you should do is just don't be friends with girls. Like, don't try to solve that problem. Don't think you're smart enough to do better. Um, just accept that you're a flawed person and that's how it is. Or maybe don't think of it as a flaw. You might just accept it as, um, you might just decide it makes sense. Like a lot of the conservative people think the stuff they're accepting is like rational and makes sense. Like two presents this as there being like reasons that it's hard. He doesn't present it as people fall for romantic memes because they're puppets of their culture and that leads to a lot of problems when they're around the opposite sex and they're hanging out and they're friends and it starts triggering all these positive feelings and then it triggers all their static memes and then if they can't fuck them they get sad or jealous or annoyed or whatever, frustrated. You know, he doesn't present like that kind of thing, which is uh, more of my perspective. He presents it like it's completely reasonable to fall in love with people and have infatuations and want to have sex with them and so on and so forth. And that makes total perfect sense. And therefore, it makes complete sense to be frustrated if you are in a situation where you want that, but you can't have it. So he's very accepting of the status quo. So what I like about the radicals is the optimism, the belief that things can be different, things can be better, we can change things, we can use our brains, etc. Like those broad concepts are good, but I think that most people who think that way are pretty foolish. And then with the conservatives, what I like about that perspective is a better grasp on reality, a better knowledge of what the world is like, what kinds of problems people run into. Like, two actually has an understanding of what goes wrong when guys and girls try to be friends instead of just like never personally experienced it and never thought about it much and just figures it shouldn't be that hard. You know, he actually knows something about it, whether from personal experience or from study or paying attention to other people's problems or whatever. And it's good to like recognize problems in the world and know something about them instead of just being clueless. And doing better than major parts of culture is really, 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 really hard. It's like way too hard for virtually everyone. So the conservative attitude is uh, good practical advice in a lot of ways for virtually everyone for virtually every issue. Um, 
Changing things in a big way is fucking hard, and you generally shouldn't try. And even if you could do it, um, it's often like a lot of work, and you would be better off spending that effort on something else. Like, if you had your choice between having like a great career or taking all that effort, and instead of having a career, you learn how to be friends with girls successfully. Like, which one's better? I think the career is better. Like, you don't need to be friends with girls. Um, like, I think you get more benefit from a career than from learning to be friends with girls and not have a problem and finding some way to make that work. What if, what if solving the problem about being friends with girls took the effort of like 10% of a career, right? That's still probably not worth it, even if you could do it successfully. But if it took like, you know, three days of effort, you know, that, then it's probably worth solving the problem. But I don't think that's realistic at all. I think to solve this kind of problem requires many years of philosophy background and being one of the world's best thinkers. And then on top of that, just base skill level of being an expert philosopher. Then you also have to work on this specific problem, um, which could easily take months. Um, even when you're already really, really good at thinking and problem solving and so on. And then on top of that, with this specific problem, you can't solve it unilaterally. You have to, uh, whatever girl you want to be friends with, like the problem has to be solved on her end too. Because like if you're okay, but she's not okay, then it's not going to work very well. So she would also have to be like a super intellectual and solve the problem somehow. Or you could only be like friends with married girls, so it's like they don't want you anyways, and then you're okay with it. You know, that would work, I guess. But it's it makes more sense to solve this kind of problem jointly. Like instead of trying to work on it alone and figure everything out yourself, you'd like talk with her about it and have discussions about what the problems were. But if you do it that way, not only do you both have to be like really smart and knowledgeable and stuff. You also create solutions that work with this one person. And now maybe if it works, you can be friends with that one girl. Um, but then if you meet like a different girl and you try to be friends with her, you don't have all the history of dealing with the problems. So it might not be reusable very well. And also if you do this with like one girl and you become like super extra friends and like really good at dealing with shit together and solving problems and stuff. Um, like, why are you going to want to marry someone else over this girl who you uh, are so successful intellectually with? Like, it seems like if you could succeed at solving this problem with a girl, but just like with one specific girl through like talking it out in conversations and stuff, um, why would you want to solve this problem instead of like date that girl? Because I don't think you have a better relationship than that with someone else. So part of why people doubt the conservative view about how hard it is, is they see pretty often that guys and girls are friends. They're like, look, you know, some people do it. It seems to work okay for them. It can't be all that hard. It's not like um, running a mile in under four minutes where only a few people can do it and everyone knows it's really hard. Um, it's something that a lot of people try to do and seem to think works okay for them. You see it like in movies all the time too, 
which is not necessarily realistic, but a lot of people see it in a movie and think that's just how life is and it should be fine. So why does it appear like it works okay for a lot of people? I think partly people vary a lot. People are idiosyncratic. They have their own personal quirks and sometimes it just works for them. They get lucky. Um, but I don't think you can count on getting lucky or predict in advance that you'll get lucky. Like sometimes it just works out fine. It isn't that hard, but the rate of that happening is, I don't know, 10%, 5%. Like it's, it's not good odds. A lot of times it seems like it's working okay. And then after several years, it blows up. Like a lot of times the problems are hard to detect early on and people are not looking for the problems. You know, they're expecting it to work instead of being on the lookout for dangers. And they never talk about their romantic feelings. So like they're, sometimes they're both hiding it. Sometimes one person's hiding and the other one's not. And that can go on for like years and the problem doesn't come to the surface and then eventually it does. Or sometimes it can be like years of silent suffering and trying to hide the problem and then eventually get married to someone else and the problem goes away and it's okay. But the year, the previous years still had a lot of pain in them. The main point here is people are not reliable at introspection and at reporting on what problems they have and don't have and how well things are going and uh, whether there will be problems in the future. Like it's and it's hard to look at someone else's life and know what's going on very well and how well it's actually working for them. I think in general, you shouldn't look at someone else's life and think, I'll just do what they're doing. It seems to work. Like you shouldn't expect someone else's life to be okay. A lot of people in the world are miserable and hiding it. A lot of people present a false face to the world and make their life look better than it is. Um, so you have to be really careful about thinking, I'll do what they're doing. It looks like it's working. People lie to themselves and they lie to you and they're just, and a lot of them have low standards and they don't say that, or they're not going to admit it, or they don't think of it that way. Like a lot of people just, they're suffering all the time, but they think that's what life is. So they just put up with it and they think that's normal and they'll actually say they're happy or whatever, because they think, Hey, things are going pretty good right now, um, compared to their very low expectations. And it's very hard to talk about expectations with another person and communicate like, what your standards are in life, how good you expect things to be. And then they communicate theirs and you compare, like, how do you actually express, um, like how happy you have to be before you consider yourself happy and, and then talk about that. So you can actually compare like how happy they have to be before they call it happy and how happy you have to be, or like how much suffering it takes before you are unhappy. It's really hard to like quantify that and communicate it to a different person to actually be able to compare lives. It's the same issue with pain. Like doctors will ask you rate your scale on a pain of one to 10. And it's really hard to give very accurate answers where they really know what pain you're feeling because some people are just way more pain sensitive than others. So they'll have a much smaller pain and give a larger number. So be very careful about like looking at what seems to work for some other people. But on the other hand, if people have a big problem, like if it blows up for them and you see that, they're not faking that. That's not a lie. Like, it's not like everything's going great and they pretend that it was a disaster. If it looks like a disaster, generally it really is a disaster. Whereas if it looks good, it might be a disaster anyways. That's kind of sad that you have to like 
adjust in the negative direction with your perceptions, like rather than the positive direction. It's asymmetric like that. But it's because people only lie in beneficial ways, not negative ways, pretty much. There are exceptions, but you know, on the whole, people tell lies that make them look better, that make things seem better, only positive lies. So then all the adjustment for dishonesty has to be in the negative direction to counteract that. So my overall view is that the radicals and the conservatives are both wrong in some ways. And this stuff is not just like how life has to be. It is our culture. It's cultural. It's not physics. Um, and it's not logic so that any culture would develop it because it makes so much sense. There are, there are bits and pieces of logic, like it's not all illogical, but like the whole system of how we do relationships in our culture, um, there are a lot of other systems that would be about equally good and there are some that would be better. So ours is not like special or the only one possible or the only one that makes any sense. Um, it's just what our culture does and our culture is really, really stuck on it. And that makes it hard to do anything else because everyone else in our you meet is going to be used to the normal stuff. And people who think that they can do something abnormal are generally naive, gullible, inexperienced, etc. And it's just much, much harder than they think. And they generally shouldn't try. So there's this common misconception that if something is cultural, then you can change it. And if it's genetic or some like non-cultural in some way, then you can't change it. Like they think culture is just ideas, so they're easy to change, whereas other factors are harder to change. It comes up with like with homosexuality, where people say it's not a choice, it's just your genes. Um, and then the other side says, no, no, it's like culture, it's ideas, and it is a choice and you can change it. And that's really confused because my view is homosexuality is culture, it's ideas, it's memes, but that makes it harder to change than if it were genes. Um, Genes are like worse at controlling your life than memes are. Genes are a static target that evolved like long in the past. And it only has like a fixed difficulty. Like it's not a, it's not an intelligent opponent. It doesn't adapt to what you do to circumvent it. So with genes, um, you can find a workaround. Just like a, with a hill, um, in nature, like that's another example of a static obstacle that doesn't do anything to adapt to your solutions. So you can dig a tunnel through a hill and it doesn't do anything to fight back. Whereas memes, because they're ideas, um, they actually fight back. They actually can use your brain and your computing power and your intelligence to maintain themselves and prevent your solutions from working. So. When people are really, really stuck on something and find it really, really hard to change and find that there's no solutions, I think that that is a very good indicator that it is a meme problem, that it is ideas, because they're actually harder to deal with. Because they're, what's going on when you get really, really stuck is you're self-sabotaging, and that's because of bad ideas controlling you and making you self-sabotage without realizing what's going on. You're a puppet of ideas but you're not a puppet of genes. Genes aren't puppet masters. They're a different thing that's easier to deal with. It is the memes that the culture that evolved to manipulate people psychologically and be really effective at that. So 
with the dating stuff, when you say it's culture, it's memes, it's ideas. Um, when I say that, that's my view. But I don't think that means you can change it or it's easy to change or anything. Um, I think it could be about as hard to change as your sexual orientation. That's the kind of difficulty I think it has. Some people do change sexual orientation, but it's pretty uncommon. And it's more common to fool yourself about changing it than to actually change it. And the people who change their sexual orientation today, a lot of them can only do it because that's become more trendy and the leftist activists have been pushing for it for decades. And, and so there's a cultural movement to do it. And if you're trying to do something like by yourself, counterculturally, it's a lot harder than when there's a large ongoing cultural movement to help you figure out how to do it and support it and so on. And so for the guys and girls being friends, um, there's less like activism or anything trying to make that work. There's a lot of people who are like ignoring the problem and think like gender doesn't matter and stuff, but they're, they're not um, just making a big political deal out of this specific issue like they do with sexual orientation. So I think it's hard and don't underestimate the power of culture and don't think you can change it very easily or probably at all in your life and it's probably not worth the effort of changing. And especially not if you're... You need to be like a super good thinker to even try to change this. And you shouldn't like do that just so you could change this. Like you have to do that for your own other reasons. Like if you're going to study philosophy a lot, um, don't do it because you want to be friends with girls. You, you need a better reason. And then after you've done it, you could be like, oh, well, now I'm a good enough thinker. Maybe I'll look into this being friends with girls thing. It's also, this stuff is a lot more of an issue in certain age ranges, like 15 to 30 or so, sometimes longer. Um, depending on whether you're married and stuff like that. If you're 50 and you've been married for 25 years and you're friends with a married woman who has also been married for 25 years, um, it might be fine. It depends what you do, though. Because, like, that kind of thing, sometimes it's dangerous to the marriages. Sometimes it's not. Um, this kind of stuff is a lot safer when you do... Um, socially normal activities together, um, like, say, playing sports um, in public, like you're both in the same sports club or something. Like, that kind of friendship is a lot safer than the kind where you hang out alone together and talk a lot rather than, like, doing activities. Like, it's a lot easier to be friends with someone for a specific purpose, like you go biking together or you go rafting together. Um, often as a group activity with other people too, than for it to be more of an intimate one-on-one -on -one thing and more about talking and getting to know each other and um, seeing the world the same way and sharing experiences and so on, and that gets more intimate and uh, more threatening to marriages. Because it starts um, trespassing on the territory of what marriages are for. Whereas like, if you're going rafting with a girl, that's like totally the same activity you could do with a guy friend without ever um, being very like emotionally close or anything. You know, you're just there for the rafting and you chat casually while you're doing it. Um, 
that kind of thing can be a lot easier. Given that you both are already married. Um, whereas if you're both like 20 and single, then someone, a girl that you can go rafting with and chat with and hang out with, and it all seems to work well, um, would be like appealing to date. So you'd have more of an issue. Anyway, I'm, I'm broadly dissatisfied with, with both of the common takes on this is, takes on this issue. On the one hand, the people who just aren't very respectful of the problems involved and how difficult they are. And then on the other hand, um, the people who are just like, that's how life is, and they're not very like intellectual about it, like they don't have that much interest in rationally understanding and analyzing it and questioning it. Because like, I think a lot of this stuff is well worth questioning. And even if you don't try to be friends with girls, um, you can still like have doubts about your culture and um, have some like intellectual opinions where you're not sure about some things or you think some things are bad. Um, that doesn't mean you have to like go do a bunch of risky actions, but you can uh, you can you know think about them, uh, begin on the path that could theoretically lead to changing it. Because um, it's interesting to understand things and question things and criticize and try to do that. And if you if you make it like primarily intellectual, then it's um, pretty safe. But it's when you're not very far along on the intellectual path, and then you really overestimate yourself, and you think you can, you think you have all the answers when you don't actually know much yet, that you get into trouble because you start acting on your not very developed ideas. And acting on ideas that are a lot like worse than the standard ones will get you in a lot of trouble. And developing ideas that are better than the standard ones is really hard in general for like major cultural areas like this. It's easier in like uh, business, like you might be able to make a pizza shop and outdo your competitors in some way. Like that's not super hard. Like most people fail at it, but it's possible. But this thing's like way harder than that. Like this involves a lot of emotion stuff that people, people have a lot of difficulty dealing with emotions. Like if you're gonna think about trying to be friends with girls and having like so much control over your thoughts, your emotions, your life, that that would be fine, and you'd just solve any problems as they come up. Like, a better starting point would be getting really good at dealing with your emotions. Like, do you get angry? Do you get out of control? Do you get sad and, like, have trouble dealing with it? Um, if you have any kinds of emotional problems or just not being able to control your entire emotional life the way you want to, which is, you know, more or less everyone ever, then you shouldn't move on to the friends with girls things because that involves emotions. Like start with the smaller project of working on your emotions, which is, it's safer in a lot of ways, like trying to deal with your anger problems or your depression problems or whatever. That is a good project. Um, it's not like a potential time bomb. Like you, you're trying to be friends with someone for a few years and it doesn't work out, you know? It's like a, it's a self-improvement project. So it's a lot easier because you're not dealing with another person and um, there's, it's more in your control, it's more approachable, you can do it in 
little steps and know what you're doing the whole time and work on it a little here and there over years. Um, you don't really have a deadline on it. It's like there's a lot of good things about that project, even though it's trying um, something quite hard, which is being better than your culture. So yeah, if you're tempted by the friends with girls thing, I would say consider that it involves emotions and then try to make significant improvements regarding emotions in some other way that only involves yourself and start there. And in order to do that, you need to uh, learn Popper and other philosophy and get really good at applying it in general. And then you can start maybe being able to apply it to harder topics. And there's a lot of um, skills you have to build up, like um, being able to spot lies and dishonesty really, really well in things you read as an important intellectual tool to get in your toolkit. And then once you have that tool really developed, um, you can start catching some of your own lies, especially the more typical ones. Like if you tell a lie that if someone else had said the same thing, you would totally see through it, then maybe you can catch that. And if not in real time, you can video record yourself or um, communicate in writing or something. And then you can review your own stuff later and try to catch lies. Anyway, that's one example of how you can build up skills and the direction of achieving these hard things. But you don't want to go straight to these hard things. You have to build up a ton of skills first um, before they're plausible.